Hello, this is Leona Graham. Welcome to the Rock and Road podcast. This is episode eight of the fourth series. Please subscribe to the series and then you'll know as soon as a new episode is available. Now, this week I speak to the one and only Slash. We talk about his new album, which has just come out with Miles Kennedy. And we talk about what it's like when he hears Sweet Child of Mine on the radio, amongst other things. I also try out a Suzuki GSX S1000. I speak to Emma Franklin, who's at the MCN London Motorcycle Show, and we hear from my sons and see what they thought of the show as well. This is the Rock and Road Podcast. So let's get things underway. Here is my chat with Slash. Hello. Hey, Fiona. Hey, Slash. How are you? I'm good. You have an amazing voice. Thank you. That's very <laughs> kind of you to say. Uh, how are you doing today? I'm good. I'm good. We're very excited about the return of Slash featuring Miles Kennedy and the Conspirators. Your new album is called Four. Can you tell us about it? Yeah, um, it's, <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's 10 songs of, I mean, it's a, it's a, a pretty uh, rock, it's a hard rock record, you know? Um, yeah. And uh, I mean, I, I think it's pretty good. We recorded it live. Um, the most live recording of a record I've done to date and um yeah there you have it so you recorded it live so you were literally all in the studio just playing the music and hit record exactly so what happens if you were like oh i'm not sure about that bit can we redo it or did it just flow perfectly well i mean you know that's that's the trick isn't it you know see (laughs) you 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 just have to be able to play from one end of the song to the other which you know all things considered we should be able to do we're professionals right um Yeah, so I mean, there are some blemishes in the recordings, uh, you know, in the playing here and there, there's little moments, but it's part of the charm of it. And we just left it as is. I love that. I, I think it's really important that you did that. And how many takes did you do of each song? Um, I, I think that we probably did anywhere for there was, I can't remember which one it was, but there was definitely uh, a song that we did one take and it was great. Um, but you, on the average, it was two to maybe three takes of each song. Still pretty amazing. Then you had uh, what you listened back and just chose the best one. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you can, you can usually feel the, the, the best take. You know what yeah. I mean? Like you'll, you'll, at the end of it, you'll go, okay, that one was the one, that one, that one feel. And if everybody agrees, then you move on. Was there an occasion where one of you was like, no, we want take one and you want take three, or did you all agree? No, we definitely we didn't have any of those kind of arguments. It's a very easygoing band, I have to say. So, so it was it was uh, you know everybody was was uh, you know it was a very mutual thing. If it was a good take, everybody seemed to agree. It does seem like a really good vibe in the band because I was at the question and answer session the other day with you and Miles Kennedy, right. and the sort of vibe between you two is great. You, you all get on really well. Yeah, the whole the whole band always has, which is really a testament to why we've been together for so long. Um, on a creative level, we get along really well, and on a personal level, you know, I mean, we travel on one bus together and 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 do a hell of a lot of touring, and we just seem to all be really. I know it sounds funny, but really considerate of one another, and we just sort of coexist in a kind of a blissful harmony. <laughs> No, it's, it's just brilliant to hear. And um, and then going back to the beginning of the songs, how do you come up with the songs as a band? Um, well, I mean, it starts off with, I bring a musical idea and, uh, uh, you know, to them. And um, usually what happens is I'll have an idea. We do a lot of writing on the road. 
So I'll uh, bring a, a riff to Soundcheck and we'll jam it uh, at Soundcheck. And if those guys just come up with whatever they want to, to whatever it is that I came up with. And then we just like, we'll, we'll play it for half an hour, 45 minutes at Soundcheck. And then we'll go on to the next gig and, and we'll develop over the next five Soundchecks, one song. Right. And a lot of the material on this record was written that way. Um, nothing's ever finished on the road, but it's a good way to get uh, to figure out what's a good idea and what we're going to develop. And uh, so a lot of the songs on this record were written that way. And then some of the songs were written during the pandemic. And in those ones, um, I made demos because we we really couldn't get into a room and jam at that point because of the, the whole sort of lockdown thing. So I uh, I made demos and I sent those to Miles and he would come up with some lyrics and whatnot, lyrics and melodies. And then that was sort of the nucleus of those songs. And then when when uh, COVID permitted, we all got together and, and did a couple of weeks of pre-production and sort of worked on work the arrangements up a little bit. But I have to say, going into this record, we went in more loose than we have on any of the other records we've done. What do you mean more loose? Like we, we unfinished, the material is unfinished. Right. Yeah. Usually we, we finish the material, rehearse the shit out of it, then go in the studio and bang it out really quickly. Um, but this one, we went in, we only rehearsed for a couple of weeks and went in and we developed, finished finish the arrangements the day of recording it. So with the album, we, we know how it sort of came about over the last two years or so with COVID and everything. Um, and the album's got some big riffs, big melodies, big choruses. Do you think that was a result of lockdown frustration? Some of it, yeah. I mean, some of the songs were definitely born out of COVID frustration. <laughs> uh, uh, Rivers Rising was definitely the product of, of the frustration of not only the pandemic, but the politics um, that yeah. were going on. All it was just, I think it was our answer to 2020 in general. And then, and then, uh, you know, like there's a song called Fill My World, which was sort of to counteract the depression of the whole thing, uh, every, what everybody was going through, not just the band, but our, our, uh, you know, our friends and families that were out of work and, and people were passing away and this and that. So Fill My World was, was definitely sort of like, an answer to that feeling. And then a couple of the other songs were just built out of just frustration and of the pent out, pent up frustration from being stationary for so long. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, the current single is called Call Off the Dogs. Uh, that's a really lively track, isn't it? Yeah. And that was definitely one of the, that was when, I, that was one of the last songs that was written and it was right before we went into pre production. So it was really chomping at the bit to get out chomping at the bit to get out of the house and get into the studio and actually do some work. So it was very, very spontaneous. It was written, I, I would say all in all, it probably took about five to 10 minutes to put it together. And it was just the first thing that we banged out when we went into pre-production. Amazing. Some of the best songs ever made were the ones that were just knocked up really quickly, aren't they? It's great when it happens, man. It's, it's a lot of fun. It's a great feeling when you have something that just you know like pours out of you really quickly you know yeah now the new album is called four did you call it that to let us know that it's the fourth one well I mean, <laughs> initially the 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 idea behind the title was to avoid coming up with anything that referred to 2020 because there's nothing you could say that really would encapsulate everything that was went on i mean there's just there's nothing there's no one quick quip that you could say that really 
summed it up and not I didn't even want to try so so I thought well you know the another way to do it is just call it four it is a a reasonable milestone for the band to have arrived at a fourth album and then yeah yeah it would remind people that we had three other records yeah <laughs> which is brilliant because you could easily forget that you've actually brought out that many that is quite a lot uh, isn't I mean, it well it was a surprise to me to realize that we've been uh doing this our first record came out 10 years ago i had no idea that much time had gone by yeah same so it does its job the title because it made me stop and think as well yeah um, <laughs> good so what's it like being on the new gibson label i mean i would have thought that's tailor-made for you uh, you know you already being a fan of gibson guitars yeah well i mean i i have it's not only that i'm a fan of gibson guitars i have a long-standing relationship with gibson and um, since new management's come in, um, the company has just become amazing because it was sort of teetering there for a minute. But um, anyway, so so new management came in, resurrected the company, got it back up to snuff. And I've been really tight with them during this sort of uh, renaissance period. And um, then when they came to me about releasing this album on their label, I didn't know that they were thinking about a label. I had no idea. So it was a shock. And, you know, it was, it was like, oh, <laughs> and yeah. uh, I thought, well, you know, like, what's the catch? Because it's almost too perfect to be true. And it really turned out that there was no, no, no catch at all. And, and it's like we're partners on the record. So it's not like I just signed on. We're actually invested in this together. So it was just a, a, a perfect sort of match. And it's been going really well. So I'm, I'm very happy about it. Yeah, that's fantastic. And there's some Les Paul limited editions as well. And um, I met you a few years ago, actually, and I, I've got one of your guitars tattooed on me and you signed it. And then I went and had that tattooed on as well. So oh, wow. it's, it's all going together beautifully. I'm just so happy with the Gibson label. Uh -huh. um, but uh, just a couple of questions for my listeners. One here from Johanna. What albums were your favourite of 2021 or what have you been listening to recently? Oh, my favorite albums of 2020. I've been listening to stuff that's so, it's really old. Um, I've been listening to a lot of rock and roll from the 50s. Oh, um, okay. 50s and early 60s. And then, uh, and then a lot of, you know, because I was in Nashville recording this record, I got turned on to um, a lot of old country music. You know, so I've been yeah. listening to a lot of those guitar players specifically. It wasn't. A lot of old country music I loved anyway, but I've been listening to a lot of hell steel guitar players and stuff. And then, you know, odds and ends, rock and roll records, but they're all nothing I, I can think of from 2021. <laughs> That's quite all right. The new Gojira record, which I didn't, which isn't 2021, it was 2020, but um, that, was, that was something that I was listening to a lot uh, recently. Yeah, those two years kind of merged together anyway, so so that's <laughs> fine. Um, Mark McCormick asked, do you remember living in Stoke when you were younger? Oh, of course. Yeah, I mean, mm -hmm. it was, I have really uh, indelible and fond memories of, of Stoke. And I actually miss it because it was such a, a great little town to grow up in. You know, I do miss it, but I still have family there, so I, I stay in touch. Um, now, the album comes out on 11th of February here in the UK. Is there going to be a tour? Yeah, well, you know, because of the whole sort of pandemic event, it sort of threw all the schedules topsy-turvy, right? So um, we are planning on coming to the UK for this record in the beginning of 2023, because from this summer uh, all the way through the end of the year, I'll be touring with Guns N' Roses in Europe and then also in other territories, uh, all makeup tours for 2020. 
So yeah, we definitely will be there, but unfortunately it won't be until the end of next year, beginning of next year, sorry. Okay. Do you like going on tour with the Conspirators? I mean, you've mentioned what a great uh, band they are. Uh, how does it compare to other tours? Um, well, I mean, I have a, a, a blast touring with, with uh, I've had a blast touring with Gun, uh, Guns N' Roses. And, and then obviously, you know, the Conspirators have been together since 2010. Well, actually since uh, 2000, yeah, 2010 touring. And we just had a blast doing it. And it's one of the reasons why we're still here. So we love touring together. We have a, we have a kick-ass time doing it. And it's a really good band. So, so it's a lot of fun. Do you listen to your own albums at home or in the car? Oh, or where's the no. best place to listen to it? I don't. Well, I mean, if I do listen to them, it's it's in the car. You know, it's usually for a reason. When you finish a record, you you are so close to the material and you've mixed it and you've just listened to everything over and over and over and over again. When the album's released, you never listen to it again unless you have to for some reason. So, so I never listen to our records except for like after all this time of not touring and whatnot, putting together a set list, I was really sort of forced to have to sit down and listen to them. And, and it was fun, you know, but uh, I, do, I did it in the car. Yeah, because it's private and you've got a good sound in the car. And Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. What happens though if you go somewhere and you hear one of your songs? How does that make you feel? Um, it might, it's always exciting if you hear it on the radio. Um, you know, that's that's something that never grows old. If you're in a if you're in a a bar or some other sort of public place, and all of a sudden your material comes on, it it sort of stops you dead in your tracks because for a second you're like, "Oh, God, that sounds familiar." <laughs> and then and then you realize it's you so you know that in 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 those instances it depends on what the song is and what band it is and all that kind of stuff because if i walk into a place and sweet child of mine comes on it's a cringe moment you're like uh it's very awkward um but then is that if, because it's just been played so much or just one of those kind of things that you feel like a spotlight was just put on you even if even if nobody in the in the room knows you're in there, you just feel sort of like very vulnerable for a second. But uh, you know, like it, it, it sort of depends. If you're in a in a cool club and you hear one of your songs and it's rocking, that's that's always cool. Yes, I can imagine that must be pretty cool. All right, well, it was absolutely lovely to catch up with you. We can't wait for the album to come out, and we really even more can't wait to see you live in 2023. And good luck with uh, the rest of this year. Yeah, no, I, I appreciate it. And hopefully I'll get to see your tattoo. <laughs> Thank you so much. Uh, okay. Yeah. Have a good one. And you, Cheers. bye, bye. I'm with my mate, Gary. Hello. Hello. Um, let's just have a little look at this bike because, I mean, it's just so stunning to look at. The first thing I like is the blues because it's got uh, blue wheels as well. Yeah, it's quite striking on, on first appearance, isn't it? It really is. Now, the super naked bikes, um, why would you have a super naked over one with all the fairings? Is it for wind? Well, the fairings obviously protect you from wind um, and they put you in a more racy position. In my experience, the people who tend to go to the super nakeds are the, the people who are getting a little bit older or have got problems with their wrists and can't do the lay down riding style. So they go for something a little bit more upright. And this is that market, really. Okay, so you get a bit more blown about on one of these, would you? You'd certainly get a bit more blown about. I mean, you think about it, you're sat in the seat on that with your arms out wide and high. You're, you're basically a parachute on the bike so it'll keep it'll slow you down a little bit as well so but visually i like the super naked because you can see the engine and everything 
Yeah, it's a very appealing looking bike. Um, the whole market is, I mean, the KTMs, the Hondas, everything, everybody's got a Super Naked. They've become very, very popular over recent years, since probably around 2010, 20, 2009, somewhere around that. Okay, and um, this is an extremely powerful motor, um, 999cc, liquid cooled inline four. What does yeah. that even mean? <laughs> well, 999cc, it's 1000cc, yeah. so it's essentially the engine out of the GSX-R range of bikes, um, which are the fully fared sports bikes. Um, it's an inline four, it's got four cylinders, so each cylinder is 250ccs, um, and it'll just be, it'll be a nice, smooth, balanced engine. Yeah, I'm definitely getting that feeling about it. It feels very smooth and it's meant to be very good at low RPM. And what was the other thing about that? Um, oh yeah, so at low RPM, it's got assist anti-stall. So if you are sort of hovering around at the traffic lights, it's, it's got something to assist you from stalling, which, which is good. Okay, that's a new one on me. Um, I've not seen that before, I've not experienced it before, but yeah, I'm guessing it's, it's just something that will prevent the engine cutting out if you try and get going with two little revs or letting the clutch out too quickly, maybe. And the other thing that stands out about this is the quick shift. And as you know, I like DCT bikes, which is um, bikes without, you don't have to worry about the gears, it does it all for you. Um, this one is half like that. You still have to do the gears with your feet, but you don't have to use the clutch. Yeah, that's, that's exactly correct. I mean, the quick shifter is linked up to the fuel injection system. So as soon as you feel uh, pressure on, or the bike feels pressure on the gear lever, it will just cut the spark for a, a nanosecond, millisecond, just enough time for the next gear to engage, and then the engine will fire back up, and you'll just carry on in the next gear. So no need to, to use the clutch, as you say, and also no need to shut the throttle, so it makes gear shifts that much quicker. I think we need to have a go on it. Absolutely. I'm just riding away on this Suzuki and the riding position is really good for me. As Gary was mentioning earlier, a lot of the racing bikes I find hard to lean down on. And this one's a little bit more upright than the other uh, kind of racing bikes. So I find this more comfortable. The seat is very, very comfortable and I'm nicely nestled in with lots of room for my knees around the tank, which are kind of sculpted in so that my knees can sit comfortably. And uh, this has loads and loads of power at low gears. And you can really feel that. I'm gonna change gear now without using the clutch. So here we go. Oh, that's that's fantastic you feel the need to use the clutch but it doesn't take long to get used to not using one. Oh, sugar okay start it up again this is the most comfortable fast bike I think I've ever ridden for me comfort is really important and if you want speed mixed in this is the one I love this. See what it's like at cornering. Oh wow! Oh my goodness! Oh. I've just uh, gone through the gears quite quickly and flicked the gears up using my foot, no clutch, and you don't have to let go of the throttle. 
keep stalling it when I'm coming to a junction though. And uh, it goes incredibly fast when you're doing that. I'm absolutely loving the quick shifter. Okay, I'm just going to turn it back it up now with my feet and uh, I'm five foot seven. My feet are firmly comfortable on the ground so it's got a nice riding position. You're not too tall. I'm just going to turn it around now. Okay. The screen on the dashboard's got loads and loads of information, most I've seen on the screen this size. Quite like it. <laughs> oh, the quick shift's great. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, this is the way forward for me if I was going to have a bike like this. I feel comfortable on it. It's uh, it's the most comfortable. I was just saying the most comfortable fast bike I've had. Okay, your turn. Okay, I'll take it out. Yeah. <laughs> Gary's just got back from his ride. Uh, what did you think, Gary? I think that is a potential hooligan bike. It's great. <laughs> it's. I love it. I, I love the way it makes its power. It's got a fly-by-wire throttle on it, um, which means there's no direct connection between the throttle and the fuel injection system but you don't feel disconnected if there's feedback there which is lovely um, yeah the the front wheel wants to lift on good acceleration what I'm most impressed about once you get into higher speeds it doesn't feel like the front wheels becoming disconnected from the road it's not becoming light it's not becoming a little bit jittery it really feels solid and planted yeah the quick shifter works really really well it prefers to be at higher revs um, but it works really well <laughs> I love the, the gadget on the dashboard that tells you the the range of the bike and the miles per gallon and I just found it very amusing to try and get that as low as possible so <laughs> <laughs> but no all, all round a lovely little ride I mean you get your feet up you get your the balls of your feet on the foot rests you hold on to the bars and you get in a nice little yeah, you're solid in the seat, you feel part of the bike, it's, yeah, it just works really, really well. Yeah, I must admit, I really enjoyed it as well, and I, I can't find anything to fault it with, really. I could definitely, wouldn't, wouldn't mind one of these in my collection. Yeah, I'd have one in the collection. Um, I mean, I'm, I've, in my head, obviously, I'm comparing it to the CB1000R, because I've ridden quite a few of those. This feels maybe a little bit less aggressive. Um, which is unusual for Suzuki because they're normally at that more aggressive end of the range. Um, the gearbox is definitely a lot smoother than the Honda. The way it sneaks through the, the gears, I mean, Suzuki are renowned for having smooth gearboxes, so that's not really a surprise, but it was just really sweet. Um, I think their anti-stall mechanism is probably a little bit to do with the fly-by-wire throttle because when you're pulling away, obviously, you, you haven't got the resistance of cables so it's a little bit kind of harder to judge um, but you soon get used to it I think there was a couple of times where I might have felt it kick in just a little bit but no it's not not an intrusive system at all it works really nicely the only thing I want I want to take the ABS off so that I can do endos <laughs> trust you to want to modify it <laughs> all right then thank you Gary no problem.
We were riding the Suzuki GSX S1000, prices at around £11,000. It's called a super naked bike. Uh, one of the things I forgot to mention in there was the stacked LED lights at the front. Rather than one big round light, there's almost like a triple stack of them. Have a look at the photographs on the Rock and Road Pod Instagram. It's got a 19-litre fuel tank, does about 150 miles, masses of power at low speed. And we also heard there from the parrots that live in the tree outside my driveway and one of my dogs, Skylar. But I hope you enjoyed that. Please do look at the photographs and thank you for listening to my review. The MCN Minute on the Rock and Road Podcast. So currently at the MCN London Motorcycle Show is our Emma. Hi, Emma, how are you? I'm really well, Leona. How are you? Yeah, good, thank you. So I was there yesterday. You're there today and we didn't actually manage to meet after all this time. No. But how's it all going? Tell us about it. Oh, it's really well. Um, so, yeah, I've been here for about two hours now and it's just like heaving full of happy, happy motorcyclists. I've just uh, walked around the Rossi exhibition and I was like blown away. I loved seeing the uh, the 125 and the 250 because they're sort of like my iconic Rossi bikes anyway. So seeing them was a real treat. And I've got my uh, my lad Angus here and he's uh, trying out um, all the Yamahas. <laughs> he's really? been on the, uh, yeah, the MCO3 is his personal favourite, I think, at the moment. So, How uh, old is Angus? Yeah. So Angus is four, yeah. And so I presume named after the uh, legendary ACDC rocker. He is, yeah. He's, Great. Yeah, he's named after <laughs> Angus Young, so yeah. Fantastic. Um, so you've got your son there and um, I saw some live motorcycle racing going on yesterday and it was fantastic. Oh yeah, yeah. So they were on their flat, flat track bikes, aren't they, with uh, Hickman and McGuinness and all the guys there. So yeah, that looks completely crazy because they've got their little jump thing going on as well. So yeah, it's mental and it's great the way you can get so close to the action as well, just sort of because it's right in the middle of the hall and yeah, it's right there in front of your face, isn't it? So yeah. it's hilarious. <laughs> no, it was just really, really exciting. And for oh. those who are Obviously, can't go today, but listening to the podcast, um, could they? What other events have you got? Obviously, this is an annual thing. Yeah, so yeah, this is uh, it happens every year, every normal year in February, and then in May, uh, we've got our MCN festival, and that's up in Peterborough in East Anglia. So yeah, if you want a bit of um out- outdoor motorcycling um show action, that's one for you really, because we've got similar sort of all the manufacturers will be there, and we've got like an outdoor, I think it's like um short track sort of racing, so you'll be able to watch a live action there, and we've got stunt shows and retailers and food and camping so it's a proper Ooh. festival atmosphere so yeah there's live music there as well so got a good uh, good selection of tribute bands i think they are so that one sounds great so you stay overnight for that one yeah yeah you just bring your tent and your bike and park up and chill out basically so yeah it's like a proper it's like a proper what, what it says it is it's a motorcycling festival it's really good especially if the weather's kind but yeah. even if it's not it's still good god that sounds great <laughs> enjoy your day there today thank you for um, coming on the podcast and um, we look forward to that one in may thank you so much oh brilliant no problem speak to you soon speak to you soon bye the mcn minute on the rock and road podcast buy the latest issue in store and online at motorcyclenews.com so we just heard from Emma at the MCN Motorcycle Show. We were there yesterday. Me and Harley were there yesterday. Harley, what did you think of it? It was um really, it was like really cool. What I liked about it most was how all of the different station, like all of the different bike companies, they would all have their own different areas, and um they would all have like their bikes on display, and you could actually sit on them. And I thought that was um a really interesting and good idea. Yeah, that that was good that you can try everything out. 
Um, Dexter has something to say about it as well. Oh, Dexter, where is he? Come on, Dexter. Oh, hi. Uh, hi, everyone. Did you know, at the first part, when you go in, there was this amazing fi a car that was blue and it looked really amazing and cool. When yeah, that was at the beginning of the XL, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. And then what, what about when he got inside the actual motorcycle show? It was really good. There was loads of restaurants. There was Costa as well, <laughs> outside. <laughs> oh, just you to be all about the food. <laughs> Can you tell us something about the motorcycle? We talked about a car and Costa. What else was there? Uh, what about the motorcycle track. racing? There yeah. was this racetrack where there was these cars and our team won. And there what, was a... F no, uh, they, they weren't cars, were they? They were motorbikes. Yeah, they were motorbikes. What happened when we went and met uh, Debbie at Ducati? Uh, um, she gave us lots of uh, free... She gave us, like, some free uh, merchandise, like a uh, neck, like, uh, neck band thing and a cap. And, and pens. A pen. I, oh, so, yeah, basically, and pens. Dexter and I just popped in to say hi to Debbie. Five minutes later, Dexter comes out fully branded. Fully, from top to toe, weren't you? In fact, he's still wearing some of it now. Um, but yeah, it was it was a good day out, wasn't it, boys? Yeah, yeah. Um, I also want to say that it was really cool how um, how what the uh, what the motorcyclists do when they um like turn and drift, they literally kneel down on their knee with the bike just resting on top of them to try and drift, which is when they're like, going around the corners was yeah, incredible, wasn't it? Was it was really interesting, and um, one guy uh whose bike got kind of like taken out by the other because like the wheels kind of hit um. He he went to the side um, and then he got like a broom and started like trying to um, like hit them with the broom. <laughs> it was entertaining. It it did have a comedy factor as well to it. Yeah. Uh, we also met Stephen, didn't we? Um, a listener to the podcast. Yeah, Stephen was a really nice guy. Um, shout out to you. Thank you for all your help, you know, uh, taking us around, showing us uh, the ropes, really. Thank you. Yeah, he saved us a place for the um, the racing and everything. It was fantastic. And we also met Rich from MCN, the editor. Yeah. And he took us around and introduced us to different people as well, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah, thank you, Rich, as well. Um, big fan of motorbikes and MCN. Well done, guys. And uh, there was this man that went around the world in 19 days. Oh, yeah, on a motorbike. Do you know what? We need to get him on the podcast, don't we? Yeah, we need to get him on. All right, then, boys, thank you. Thank Bye. you. Bye. Bye. So that's it from the podcast this week. Thank you for listening. Please subscribe, rate and review. Have a look at the photographs and videos on Instagram at Rock and Road Pod, also Facebook and even now on TikTok as well. Thank you for listening. I'll catch you next time.